Well, it's been a while. It, <laughs> it, it, is, it, it has been a while. Yeah. I, it, it, hey, it, I mean, literally before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving, Bill, and everybody else out there. How's Likewise. That? I know. I had to get directions to the show tonight, Sean. <laughs> well, we're back. Uh, yeah. So glad that you could be with us on a Sunday night here. Exciting time uh, here in Detroit. We're going to get to that in, in just a moment and talk a lot about that. I know, Bill, that was the game that you worked on today yep. for the NFL. Our buddy Blake in the house as well. But I just can't let this go right now. You just brought this up to my attention maybe 45 seconds before yeah. we went on the air. And I, I, Bill, I did not see this. And, you know, this is really easy. All you have to do, I'll I'll tell you exactly what I did at home. Georgia high school football. I typed that into Google and this popped up right away. Mm -hmm. Sandy Creek defeated Cedar Grove by a score of 21 to 17. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I guess you say congratulations to Sandy Mm -hmm. Creek. It's the way they did it. That is, uh, Bill, it's un believable yes it that is. they called this a touchdown i'll let yeah. you explain the play well because you you told me about it but i just watched the replay and i'm going are, are you serious right well uh sandy creek was trailing uh 17 14 third and goal on about the two two and a half maybe and they had a full house backfield the snap went right to the quarterback and it wasn't even you know, like the wing T or the single wing or something where there's deception, where there's, you know, arms and hands in, in each other's uniforms. It was just a straight run. And the quarterback got stopped on like the two yard line. And inexplicably, the line judge on the near side ran toward the ball and put his arms up. And it was as egregiously wrong a call as you'll ever see. And what's interesting and from personal experience, um, I had this happen to my oldest in a high school game where they should have won, would have won the, the conference his senior year, but the official made a horrific call on what would have been the last play of the game in overtime. Um, the difference in this game, this uh, Sandy Creek game, is that it was on third down, so they may have scored on fourth. They may not have, um, but we'll never know. And to me, as as terrible a call as that official made, the fact that the other officials who saw what we saw didn't overrule him, if there isn't a mechanism in the state playoffs – I know uh, there was a situation in a game at Ford Field where there was a a close call and it got overturned because they had the mechanism for it. I'm sure that the games in Georgia are televised um, and there would have been the technology to get it right. That's all the kids want is to get it right. And uh, like you said, you know, you congratulate the team with the winning score, but you know how uh, it, it was it was a shame it, it really was a shame like Blake have you seen I'm, I'm gonna ask you because I literally saw it as you know you had a front row seat Bill told me about this I just watched it I I'm in stunned shock like yeah okay you know sometimes we over exaggerate right mm-hmm. 
So when, when you hear somebody say it wasn't even close, maybe they're talking a foot. Maybe they're talking six inches. This is over a yard. It's a bill. Easily. It's almost two yards. I mean, uh, yeah. it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Blake, it have was- you seen this yet? I'm literally watching it as we speak. So uh, Unbelievable. It, oh, it, what a shame. What, yeah, what and a- your, your heart breaks for those kids. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, for a vast majority of the seniors on the losing team, that's the last football game they'll ever play. Yep. And I'm sure there's a ton of great memories that those kids will take with them. But there's one incredibly horrific memory that they will also take with them because you're that close to being a state champ. And uh, it wasn't the other team that decided it. Usually at every level, it's the players on the field that decide the game. Well, uh, and this isn't an exaggeration, not in this case. It was the official, and now, uh, it's just a shame. Can I ask you just guys a shame. quick question? Yes. Now, I know for the MHSAA this year for the state finals, they added, like, instant replay yeah. to the state final game. Is that, like, normal for high school to have that, or it's just state by state depending on circumstance to have, like, instant video replay? Well, I don't Because I'm think, assuming they didn't there. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think it's universal only because even even during the regular season, some stadiums have play clocks, some don't. So there are differences with respect to the technology of the games. But for a state championship that's undoubtedly televised, um, where you have the technology, um I, I just think it's inexcusable. Um, and I was at one of the, the high school games at Ford Field this year where the, where a play was reversed um, because you had the replay mechanism uh, that was utilized and it was a, it was the right call. That's the most important thing. Just make it the right call. Amen. And, um, and we've seen, you know, calls every Sunday, every Saturday, every Friday night that are so close this one wasn't close. It wasn't even, you know, remotely close. It was clear and indisputable evidence that he did not score. And uh, like I said, the line judge made the call. But to me, the officials that really screwed up were the ones right there that saw it. I mean, anybody watching closely could see it. And for there not to be a meeting of the minds and some discussion again to get it right for the kids is really inexcusable. You know, Bill, it's interesting because I'm a firm believer guys are going to miss things. Okay. Especially, you know, when you don't have that, that uh, capability, uh, you know, and back in the day, I always, I always go back to, I remember a game when I was a kid and it was before you were at the Lions, but I'm sure you know about it. The dirty dozen when when yeah. Eddie Murray kicked a 47 yard yeah. field goal on the last mm-hmm. play of the game against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They beat the Cowboys 27, 24. They had 12 guys on the field. Yeah. Like, like mistakes are going to happen. Like right. they, the officials are human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you're going to miss a call, whatever the case right. may be. Something like that. Yeah, that's really hard to swallow because you are mm-hmm. you are legitimately seeing something that wasn't not there. No, and and you have to believe it's a state championship game. I'm sure Georgia has a similar, you know, state 
governing body like the MHSAA that would assign, hopefully, uh, but perhaps not so much, the top officiating crews to the most important game of the year. So you would think that there would be mechanisms in place to protect from something that egregiously wrong happening. But uh, rest assured that there'll be a lot of discussion and uh, probably some changes in the state of Georgia. And that play, I mean, I'm sure anybody that's a football fan has seen that play or will see that play. It's so remarkable. So uh, maybe this will spur some things on nationally at every state level when it comes to replay and getting it right and that type of thing. So we can hope for some good to come out of, out of it, I suppose. Hey, listen, again, if, if you if you want to go find this play, it's very mm-hmm. simple. Just go to your search engine right now, mm-hmm. type in Georgia high school football game. Yeah. It, it'll pop up immediately and, and different stories mm-hmm. and different videos of it. it. It really is amazing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the playoff race when we come back. <laughs> yes, let's it's do legitimate, that. Bill. It's... We can we can legitimately talk about a playoff race right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Oh, you don't beautiful. need permission, Sean. No, it's real. no. I, I, you know, I do this thing in the morning with with Paul W. and Ann Thomas. I will not allow myself. I call it the P word, and it rhymes wow. with layoff. And I will not allow myself to say the P word. <laughs> I can say the P word yes. now. Playoff. Yeah. Yes, we can talk yeah. about the playoffs. Yes. Uh, so many good things to come out of that game today. We'll get yeah. Bill's thoughts. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. Talk about the NFL picture as a whole. Uh, NFL did a great job adding another playoff team. There's no doubt about that. We'll get into mm-hmm. that as well. Glad you could join us on a Sunday night here. It's Gridiron Wrap on 760 WGR. You know, I want to start with this. I actually tweeted this out right after the game, Bill, and I want to say it publicly here on gridiron rap with of course, Bill Keenest and Sean Belegian and Blake alongside. Uh, I owe an apology to Jared Goff. I was one of those people, Bill. I thought that Jared Goff was nothing but a bridge um, that they were building up to 2023. I still believe Mm -hmm. that, that they're building up to 2023, but the way that this young man has been playing and the adversity Mm -hmm. that he's faced in the last few years my goodness gracious, what more needs to be said? Uh, they have put him in positions of comfortability. They mm-hmm. have kept his pocket clean. And, yes. and you know as well as I do, you do that in this league, and yeah. quarterbacks are going to do work to you. That's exactly right, Sean. And I was hoping that we would uh, have a chance to talk about that. That O-line is doing such a remarkable job at Pass Pro. I don't think the Vikings had any sacks today. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I know late in the game, the Lions had had four and uh, I don't think the Vikings had any, but Jared Gross, a good, a good quarterback. When you give good quarterbacks the time with the receivers that he has, uh, he's going to complete passes. And he did that today. And uh, you can't, you can't say that he could have played any better, really. I mean, he played remarkably well today and, um, as I was doing the game, it was actually uh, making it more difficult from from my end, from from our end, because his third down conversion rate was remarkable. I mean, he was picking up every third down, and here we're getting ready potentially to take a commercial break to get him in. You know, after this third down, if they don't pick it up, well, he picked it up again, picked it up again, picked it up again. So he did a 
he did a really, really great job at the most important, you know, points in the game. When they needed a play, when they needed him to make a play, he made them. You know, it's amazing too, Bill, what what has to be said for the power of a positive attitude. Because, yeah. you know, I, I saw a lot of the interviews after the game, and, mm-hmm. and so many of those guys made a point to say, hey, listen, the guy in charge, Dan Campbell, has been consistent. Mm-hmm. He is, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, listen, guys, we got this. We're better than we think. We're better than the record mm-hmm. indicates and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lions have gone out and, and done that. You know, I, as devastating as that loss was on Thanksgiving, and, mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, let, let's be honest, I'm going to say it again. We are allowed to talk about the P word right now. We are, no we doubt. are, we are in full mm-hmm. mode of talking about the mm-hmm. P word. And the good news is uh, it looks like Seattle is going to lose to Carolina. If it already isn't a final, there, mm-hmm. there's at least what I'm looking at, Bill, there's about a minute remaining. Yes. They're going to fall to seven and six. Uh, the lions of course are at six and seven. Uh, the commanders are seven, five and one. So this mm-hmm. is a situation where if the lions take care of their business, the rest of the way, and that's mm-hmm. easier said than done in the national football league, but, we can legitimately think about that, Bill. No question. And all you have to do is go back in history and look at how many seasons where a team had to run the table just to get into the playoffs. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, obviously. Sure, sure. But when the Steelers won the Super Bowl at Ford Field, they had to win their last four games just to get in. When the Packers won the Super Bowl, Uh, in Dallas and beat the Steelers that year they had to win their last four games to get in so it's not what your record is in October it's how you're playing in November and December and January and it's a 17 game season wait to the end to add up the wins and losses and uh and like you said there's the playoff word is not a mirage it's real. I mean, it's on on CBS and Fox, you know, division leaders, wild card in the hunt. <laughs> and there's the Detroit Lions in the hunt. And that's a beautiful thing for for a football town like like Detroit. That's a beautiful thing. Lions only have uh, one more game at home. Of course, that is January 1st against the Bears. Uh, just to let you know, I'm sure most of you know, but they're at the Jets next week. Uh, they play that Christmas Eve game against Carolina. Good mm-hmm. news is it's a one o'clock kick that day. So uh, those of you that have the family coming over around 530, raise his hand. Uh, the game will be long done by then, and you can uh, get ready for your preparations. And then uh, at Green Bay, at Lambeau on January the 8th. So mm-hmm. it is it is real. It is exciting. Uh, Bill, shades of 1995 a little bit right now? A little bit, yeah. I mean, the listeners that don't recall, the Lions were 3-6. and Okay, that magical, you know, six-loss figure. And uh, we had just lost the game in Atlanta to go 3-6. and And like Dan Campbell said a month ago, just got to win one game. Just got to win one before we can win two. Got to win two before we can win three. And that's really what it is in football. The NFL is different than any other professional sport. I mean, if you want to simplify it to an extreme degree, you know, one win in the NFL is like 10 in baseball. 
okay, if you prorate it. Uh, imagine what a 10-game winning streak would do for the Tigers. Well, that's what a one-game winning streak can do for an NFL team. Exactly. And that's what it's done for the Lions. And the mental, the mental, the mental, like we've talked about on the show so many times, there's not a head coach that I've worked for over the years, and I worked for 12 of them, that didn't say the mental to the physical is 90% to 10% or something outrageous weighted toward the mental and football again is like any other sport it's not the next day starting pitcher as Jim Leland would tell us <laughs> but it's it's the sum of the whole being bigger than the sum of the parts and when you have that whole that believes anything's possible anything is possible and and Campbell has personified that approach and that belief this year well, it, it is amazing, Bill, because I was one of those guys, and I, I think you and I kept things in perspective here. I wasn't worried too much about the wins and losses earlier this year, and I remember distinctly talking about it with you here because in my mind it was all about, all right, what are we going to do with those two draft choices? Maybe the Rams fall on their face, and unfortunately it came at the extent of a guy that we all know and love with mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford. So it looks like the Lions are going to be getting a pretty good draft pick out of that. Mm-hmm. But it was all about 2023. And, and right now, I can't blame anybody if you're getting excited and thinking about the prospect of being ahead of the curve. Because guess what? I am. You know, I, I said, Bill, I said to my son today, we're watching the game. And I said, all right, I, I got to say it. They look legit. They, yeah. they, Bill, they look legit. There are no bells and whistles or anything like mm-hmm. that. They've looked legit over this stretch of games. They have. And, you know, going back to what I said about Jared Goff, when they've had to make a play, they've made a play. Yep. Uh, offense, defense, special teams, again, comes up with the fake that gains the first down. Um, you, got, you got every team left on the schedule looking at the Lions and thinking, whoa, you know, this isn't your father's lions, you know, um, it's a different, it's a different cat. And, uh, and I think as you stated, what, what the players will tell you, um, attitude is infectious. And Dan Campbell has always had that type of attitude. And, uh, and there's no question it's had, it's had a huge impact on the team and on this, this, uh, turnaround. Uh, what is it now? Uh, five or six wins. Um, it's just, it's phenomenal. You know, Bill, it was it was interesting because, um, you know, and I, I talked to some of my friends because you don't get the same feeling watching on television or mm-hmm. even listening on the radio, whatever the case may be, as being in the stadium. And it just sounded insanely loud today. And, yeah. and many friends of mine and different groups of friends of mine, so it's not like they were all talking to each other, mm-hmm. said, oh, my goodness. This reminds me of 2011, you know, when the, mm-hmm. when the Lions yeah. got hot that particular year. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have talked about it before, Bill, that yeah. that, that Christmas Eve game against San Diego San was Diego. just <laughs> so stinking cool. It was just yeah. so you knew that they're mm-hmm. not backing that truck into the playoffs. They are going to no. punch their ticket into the playoffs today. Mm-hmm. And they went out and did it emphatically as well. But I, I think there is a bona fide excitement in this town about what's going mm-hmm. on with this football team. You, you couldn't have stated something more more true, Sean. In fact, prior to the game, uh, you know, the last few days, what I was thinking about really were the fans because 
the Lions have so many loyal fans that just love the team, live and die with them, have for years. And I was thinking how wonderful it's going to be for those people getting up this morning, knowing they're going to a game that's going to be as important a game as been played in Ford Field in four or five years. And they are going to experience something, hopefully, that they perhaps haven't experienced yet as a Lions fan, but uh, certainly haven't for, for quite a few years. And that's what I was thinking, how incredible it had to be for, for the legion of fans that have stuck with this team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very cool thing. Make no mistake about that. All right, uh, listen, we got lots to do. We have to take a look at the National Football League as well. Always like to let you know what's happening in the late games. A wild comeback by the Denver Broncos just fell mm-hmm. short. Uh, so Kansas City comes away with a victory there. And, Bill, I'll be interested to pick your mind on who you like and you know who's a, a real legit contender, who isn't. Obviously, we want to talk some college football. Uh, Bill, I know you had some thoughts on the MHSAA mm-hmm. finals as well. Another fantastic year of high school football in this great state. And, hey, guys, like legitimately, like we're only nine months away from the start of the new season, for goodness sake. So I kid, I joke, but he's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. So glad you could join us on a Sunday night right here on Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR. Well, an ugly, ugly game uh, out in Frisco today. Uh, the Niners knock off the Buccaneers 35 to seven, uh, Tom Brady, as you well know, 45 years old threw the ball 55 times today, 55 times today, uh, Niners win going away 35 to seven and, um, Bill, one of the cool things about football is when you see stories like former Iowa State Cyclone Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, come in and do as he has done the last couple of weeks. It truly is remarkable. Remarkable. And obviously, this was his first start, and uh, we don't know where or what the future holds for him. But if, if you take a snapshot of today of the two starting quarterbacks, Tom Brady, a six round pick. Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. And it just goes to show, again, the beauty of football. Um, you know, and we've talked about, you know, the transition from college to pros. There's so many variables in college. The competition is as different from, from conference to conference, year to year. Um, there's so many factors. And there's a lot of hit and miss when it comes to draft picks. And this kid today, Purdy, holy mackerel. I mean, you, you know, shades of Clint Longley for the Cowboys on Thanksgiving in 1974, right? The Mad Bomber. Um, but I'll tell you what got me, Sean. What really got me, it had his whole family there. And they shot, had a shot of his dad with tears in his eyes. And if that doesn't get you, your heart ain't beating, brother, <laughs> because that was after, you know, his second or third touchdown. And I think to have the, the parents there and, and other family members to share in that moment is uh, that's what life's all about, man. And, and that's that was just special. 
Uh, other scores, late games, always like to keep you uh, up to date. Uh, Chiefs knock off the Broncos 34-28. Uh, Chiefs jumped out to a 27-0 lead. The Broncos came storming back, uh, but it fell just short. Uh, Russell Wilson was knocked out of that game. Rippon had to come in. And as we mentioned, a game that really helps the Lions uh, mm-hmm. with Kenneth Walker the third out of the lineup for Seattle. The Panthers go out mm-hmm. to Seattle and knock off the Seahawks 30 to 24. So, Bill, it makes things interesting the last few weeks of the season. And I, I, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record. No. I was one of those guys kicking and screaming every time the NFL expanded the playoffs. I remember my dad <laughs> screaming yeah. about the wild card back in 78. Yeah. What are they yeah. doing? They're ruining yeah. it. And everything. The NFL wins. Yeah. Good decision, Amen. NFL. This was a great, yeah. great decision. Yeah, and I think last year there may have been a record for the deepest into the season that the number of teams were still eligible, still in the playoff hunt. That may be surpassed this year. But uh, it, it it is magical to be in a in a playoff race in a city like Detroit, in a state like Michigan, where we love our football teams and uh, we love the game of football. And and especially since there's been a dry dry spell here for quite a few years. Uh, yep. And yes, thank you, NFL. Yep. <laughs> thank you, NFL. No one's complaining about it now. I don't believe no one. No, not at all. A uh, couple good games uh, coming up, the, the primetime games. Uh, more on Monday night football in a second, Bill, because I, you know, you and I remember this, this kind of stuff and I wanted to run mm-hmm. something by you, but, uh, tonight, uh, dolphins and chargers out in oh. San Diego. That is an eight twenty start, mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night. Uh, you've got the Pats and the Cardinals out mm-hmm. in the desert, mm-hmm. uh, Bill, this past week, um, I, I, I put it on Facebook. I remember it plain as day. I think I told you my, my dad was cool and let me stay up probably later than he should have many, many times on a, on a, uh, on a Monday night back when Monday night football for young people out there like Blake, Monday night football started at nine o'clock at night. Um, many, many years ago. And, uh, my dad, a few weeks before Christmas, let me stay up late to watch, uh, a a new England Patriot Miami dolphins, Mm -hmm. Monday night football game. And I, I looked it up on YouTube and it was there and I posted it on Facebook, mm-hmm. Howard Cosell announcing to the world yeah. that a former Beatle John Lennon was mm-hmm. shot. And yeah. it was funny, Bill. I, I remember plain as day where I was sitting, mm-hmm. my dad's face just going, what? I mean, mm-hmm. I remember that plain as day. And it, yeah. and it also kind of reminds you what a cultural phenomenon Monday night football was yeah. at one point in time. It really was. I mean, in many respects, it was the gold standard. It was the highest rated program of the of the season, year in and year out, uh, on the networks. And Howard Cosell was, you know, if you were to ask Howard, they'd be for him on Mount Rushmore, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but he was he was a gold standard. There's no question about it. And um, I didn't know it until recently. But he was actually friendly with John Lennon. They yeah. were friends, yeah. and they knew each other well. And there was discussion at the uh, at the network once they confirmed that he was indeed assassinated and had passed. How to handle it? I mean, it, it's it's a a story of the century 
let alone the day or the month or the year. And, uh, and so the decision was made because uh, Howard wasn't, uh, he wasn't certain they should have done it, but uh, Frank Gifford, to his credit, gave him the, the, not the courage, but talked him into it and said, you got to do it. You got to do it, uh, Howard. And he announced it. And yeah, I remember where I was. I was in my, my apartment at Ohio university um, watching the game. And it was like that. He didn't say that, did he? No, that's, that can't be true, but it was. And um, it, it certainly was something like those half a dozen, you know, events in our lifetime that we remember and not only remember it happening, but as you said, where we were when it happened. Yeah, no, I, I was a 10-year-old Beatle-loving kid who had convinced myself that the Beatles were going to get back together. I had, yeah. Of course, that was based on absolutely yeah. nothing. It, I was just, that was mm-hmm. the, the hope of a 10-year-old kid. And when, when yeah. I heard that, it was just, uh, it was unbelievable. No was. doubt about that. Hey, we mm-hmm. would be remiss if we didn't uh, bring up a couple of local teams a, yes. as well. Yes. First, let's start with Ferris State. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. On, on Bill, they're they're doing it again. Yep. And uh they have advanced to the D2 mm-hmm. championship game again. Uh third year in a row. They lost, they won, they're looking to make it two in a row. They play the Colorado mm-hmm. School of Mines. But mm-hmm. for all the ups and downs that the Bulldogs had this year, and I had a chance to talk to Coach Anise during the year, and he was he was playing that oh, I'm not so sure type of game. There mm-hmm. they are again in the division two championship game. It's remarkable what what coach has done there. I mean, and he came from high school, came from Muskegon, right? Yep. And uh, and he has turned that around. He got the kids believing. He got the right players, the right chemistry. And, uh, oh, by the way, Sean, I think we mentioned a couple times uh, during the, the season that Michigan's a pretty good place for college football. A little bit. A uh, little bit. Let's see. We got, we got Michigan. Uh, they've had a pretty good season, the Wolverines, and now you've got uh, the Bulldogs of Ferris State playing in the championship next Saturday. Uh, it's just, it's just awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah, I, I would be remiss if I didn't, and I wanted to save that because not only did I want to get your thoughts, but Blake is our resident uh, Michigan fan. Uh, Michigan has left, no doubt about it, uh, two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, they are the best team in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and, and to vanquish Ohio State the way that mm-hmm. they vanquished Ohio State the last couple of years, uh, Bill, just a tremendous job by Jim Harbaugh. I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy that a couple of years ago, there was a lot of heat on him, and not from the outside sources, a right. lot of heat from a lot of oh, Michigan yeah. fans that I knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? He stayed the course, mm-hmm. and uh, Michigan – has a great opportunity advancing to the college football playoff. Of course, that is four mm-hmm. o'clock on December 31st out in Glendale, Arizona, taking on TCU. No question, Sean. And, uh, and it was as convincing a season as Michigan may have ever had. Um, when you think about it and to go to Columbus and do what they did against the Buckeyes, um, that, <laughs> that bus ride back, from Columbus to Ann Arbor, those players, those coaches, those staff members will never forget that because uh, that just had to be what was four hours of unadulterated joy. And uh, it is interesting, though, Sean, that Ohio State did get back in. I think, uh, you know, I'm troubled that they 
they got rewarded for not playing a game while everybody else played a game uh, for the most part. Um, so it, you know, and, and maybe that's why they're expanding the playoffs because uh, they, they probably need to, um, to, uh, you know, to get around anomalies like this year where a team can get blown out at home uh, ostensibly for its conference championship, even though it wasn't a conference championship game, it was, you know, the two best teams playing and not make it to the conference championship game. So not play. And then because of some other teams that lost that did play in a championship game, they, uh, they sneak back in. So uh, I think with the expansion of the playoffs, that'll help at least temper some of these anomalies like, uh, like Ohio state this year. And of course, uh, I, I harken back to 2011 when Alabama did it. They lost to LSU yeah. during the regular season, didn't get to the SEC championship, mm-hmm. but a set of circumstance kind of happened mm-hmm. that allowed them to get the rematch with LSU. And they just uh, defensively, I just remember defensively just smothered yeah. them, uh, winning another championship for Nick mm-hmm. Saban. Uh, Blake, I would be remiss if we didn't get your take on Michigan. I, I, I know what a maze and blue fan you are. What a dream season this year, huh? Yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster for sure. I I've I'm just excited to get back and and hopefully the second time win a game and then get a rematch with whoever it is. But you can't look past TCU. I know. No, I know you guys both know how good that team is and how good of a job Sonny Dykes has done in his first year there. Mm-hmm. You can't look past them at all. That's a great team. No, no question. It was That was a great weekend. Uh, those championship yeah. games, that was a great weekend. And for that game to go into overtime the way that it did, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I was terrified they were going to find a way to get Nick Saban in. I, 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 you know, I was like, I've seen this game before. <laughs> I've seen it. Especially if you remember – TCU got down by a couple scores in that game. And I was like, yeah, if this starts to get bad, then I'm really concerned. Mm-hmm. But uh, TCU kept it close, obviously lost in overtime, but it was the right decision to get TCU mm-hmm. in. Yes, they didn't win uh, the Big 12 championship, but I, I'm not going to complain too much about TCU getting in. No, it's, it's the one difference, Sean, from the NFL to college. In the NFL – you can finish nine and eight this year and get to the Super Bowl yep. if you make the playoffs. Yep. Right. Um, many ten and six teams have gotten to the playoffs and advanced to the Super Bowl. Fourteen and two teams have been beaten. Uh, Thirteen and three teams have been beaten. In college, it's different, and uh, parts of it I think are wonderful. Other parts maybe could get tweaked here and there. There should be some. Uh, way to level the the regular season competition. I think that's important. I don't know how you do it, um, but I I could see Alabama's argument. They lost two games on the road by one point um, against SEC, you know, programs that have been dominant over the years. But they knew what the drill was going in. <laughs> Nobody's going to get in with two losses. So that's just the harsh reality. And that's another thing that the expansion will take care of uh, in the future if there's a situation like Alabama's this year. No doubt about that. All right, uh, final segment of the show forthcoming. Bill, I want to get your thoughts on the high school season. I know you've Mm -hmm. been sitting on some thoughts for a couple weeks. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hey, just a programming note. We're going to be here tonight. 
We're going to be here next week, and then we have the next couple of weeks off. I hope you can excuse us. Uh, Christmas Eve, or excuse me, Christmas night and New Year's night, uh, we aren't going to be here. But we will take you up, as we did last year, all the way through the Super Bowl and really looking forward to it. He is Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian, our buddy Blake here as well. Final segment of Gridiron Wrap next year on a Sunday night, 760 WJR. Welcome back in. So glad you can join us. It is a Sunday night. Final <laughs> segment here on Gridiron Wrap. Uh, ghosts of Kellen Winslow are going to be everywhere tonight. Uh, yes, sir. If you don't know, look it up. One of the most legendary mm. NFL games ever. Period. End of story. And yes, Bill, sir. we were very young men back yes, then. Yes, we were. Very, very yeah. young men. I know you want to get some thoughts on the MHSAA season. It was uh, another banner season. Congratulations to everybody, but of course to the champions. But Bill, I know you wanted to give a a quick recap, if you will. Yeah, I, it was a great year and uh, we love high school sports. I, uh, I don't think there's a greater classroom for high school students than uh, the fields of competition. Um, I really have seen that with my own children and I, I see it now with kids every Friday night and uh, basketball, volleyball, all the sports. There's nothing like it Uh, at their age with their life experiences uh, being what they are to uh, to get out there and perform the way they way they do is is just remarkable. Um, And I know we talked about this a little bit uh, and it's my (laughs) it's my uh, cry, I guess that I hope at some point can get uh, at least looked at. And I know Mark Yule and the MHSAA people, I really think he's a, a great leader and he's doing a wonderful job. Um, and, but I, uh, I remember after Northville's loss uh, and that was to uh, Catholic, Catholic Central. Central. Yeah. Yep. And, and the issue that I brought up before about private schools and the unlevel field of competition that I believe they play on. And, in the state of Michigan, so I, I mean, this is not as timely as it would have been three weeks ago, but in the state of Michigan, of all the schools, only um, 9% um, are, are private. That's it. Um, there's 1,870 high schools and 169 are private. Um, and yet the disproportionate number of state championships won by private schools in some years, it's more than 50%. Wow. So it just doesn't add up. If yeah. you just simply look at the prorated number of high schools, private high schools, championships, private school championships, I think it it underscores what we've been talking about. And from my standpoint, I hope someday that the state of Michigan does what other states have done. And when you get to the championships, when you get to the playoffs, you have a public school playoff and you have a private school playoff because anybody that knows the reality, especially in football and basketball, um, it's not a level field in my opinion. And this would at the worst, Sean, it would give twice as many high school athletes a chance to be champion. And uh, what, what, what's wrong with that? I think that would be phenomenal. I love it. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely co-sign on that bill. I, I, I think it's a, a fantastic thing. And, uh, just think, 
more football at Ford Field at the end of the season? Okay, I'm in. There you so go. <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. I, I I'm in. And yeah. you know, for me, Bill, that that is I've always I've I've always loved that weekend because you know, for so many years, as you know, my my Thanksgiving was always a vast majority of it was at the Silverdome or Ford Field, and I'd get home at yeah. six six thirty, and then mm-hmm. I always said, you know what? I'm just going to watch those games on television. I want to be with my family and, you know, you know, kind of soak all that in and everything. And it, it it's great. It's become a tradition in our house just to, to have those games on. Yeah. And we were putting up the tree, true story. We were putting up the tree. We did it a few days early because my son had to fly back to Savannah. We had the game mm-hmm. on in the background. You know, we, we were watching yep. the game as we were putting up a, 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 the Christmas yeah. tree and everything. So it really, it, it really has become a tradition. And mm-hmm. um, I, I'll echo your sentiments because it's it, it's it, it it is a tough proposition. We'll leave it. At that. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. so many good things coming up, though. Uh, a playoff. Yes. Playoff. Playoff. Not <laughs> word that rhymes with layoff and begins with a, B. No. a playoff race is is upon us right now. And and that is so stinking cool. As you mentioned, Bill, even with the slew of games that the lions have on the road, three of the last four are on the road. The Mm -hmm. way the lions are playing, the schedule is favorable, but I will caution everybody not to do what so many people are apt to do. When you play the schedule game, the one thing that we've learned about the national football Mm -hmm. league is how fluid it is. And no just a question. few short weeks ago, the Jets looked like world beaters. The Giants mm-hmm. looked like world beaters. The Seahawks looked by world, like world beaters. It's amazing how quickly things can change in the National Football League. Amen, Sean. You're absolutely right. The teams today are going to be different next week and the following week and the following week and the following week. So just got to get ready for game day, baby. Great stuff, Bill. Look forward to chatting with you again uh, next week. And, of course, uh, to our buddy Blake. Appreciate you as always. Listen, thank you for joining us. Gridiron Wrap. We'll talk to you again next Sunday, 7 o'clock, right here on 760 WJR. Have a great night, everybody.